let's win this game. Skull Vikings, honor your name. Go get that first down, then get a touchdown. Rock up, suck up, fight, 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 fight. Go Vikings, run up the score. You'll hear us yell for more. Hello and welcome back to the Euro Trips Across the Pod NFL podcast. We are here for yet another one of our season previews and this time it's a turn of the Minnesota Vikings. And with me for this episode, I'm joined by a first timer on the podcast. I'm here with Lewis Fiends. How are you? Very well, mate. Thank you. It's uh, great to come on the show and uh, yeah, it should be a bit of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's... um. I think we're on to now Team 23 or 24 of our 32-team season preview. So we're now at the tail end of our of our season preview. So we're still hoping we'll get all 32 teams done by the start of the season. So looking forward to all the rest of our series. But, of course, we are here to talk all things Vikings. So we like to ask every new guest a couple of questions, NFL-based. The first one for you, Lewis, is what made you a Minnesota Vikings fan? Well, when when I first started watching American football, and it was a, a mixture between like um, college, NFL, um, mostly down to from the Netflix series, really, Lance, Last Chance You. Mm-hmm. And um, I watched casually before then, but um, I stumbled across the uh, 99 questions by Brian Robeson on YouTube, and it was hilarious. And then from then, I just found myself taking more and more of an interest in the Vikings, really. Okay, okay. And it's, um, what year was that, can I ask? So I started watching the NFL in, religiously, kind of in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you've only really seen the dark days. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. And in terms of watching the Vikings, how does your normal sort of NFL Sunday look? Are you a red zone man? Are you a game pass watching two screens at once, Sky Sports. How do you watch the NFL on Sundays? A little bit of everything, really. Like, um, I love Red Zone. It's mm. fantastic. And, um, but usually I try and have the Vikings on as well as Red Zone. Mm-hmm. If I've got um, two devices available at the time. Mm. But um, if not, I'll obviously choose the Vikings game on Game Pass over watching um, Red Zone. But yeah, I do try to have both on at once. Yeah, I'm the exact same as you. You know, if, if we're playing, I'll have us on one screen, I'll have Redden on the other and um, sort of have that double screen, sometimes triple screen if I'm if I really want to watch two games at the same time. But that that's not very regular. But um, yeah, I think Red Zone is just great, isn't it? It's just, um, even though you're obviously not getting the full game, um, but I think it's just great in terms of, if you're a fan of the league, it's great because you get to see the whole entire league going on and you saw Scott Hansen's an absolute gem and it's just his energy and enthusiasm is just so contagious on on fans watching it. So going into the present day in terms of the Vikings off-season, um, the main ins, the highlight ins are obviously Harrison Phillips, Darius Smith, Jordan Hicks, uh, as well as re-signing players like Greg Joseph, Kirk Cousins, Patrick Peterson, whereas the main outs include Xavier Woods, Tyler Conklin and Anthony Barr. And also you had an in and out in the same off-season with Albert Wilson coming in but being waived within weeks. Um, and in the draft itself, uh, you took Lewis Sign, 32nd overall, I think is how you pronounce his name, and then the safety, and then cornerback, 42nd overall, 
Andrew Booth Jr., which in my opinion was a bit of a steal. Um, so in terms of from your point, Lewis, as a Vikings fan, how have you found the offseason as a whole? As a whole, I'm very happy with it. I mean, um, we we took strides last season on defence, even with having Patrick Peterson in as a leader at cornerback. And with additions like Hicks and, you know, Zadarius Smith, they're experienced guys and they'll come in and they'll be able to learn the plays and everything and be ready to go. Whereas the last two seasons, definitely, we haven't had that from the start. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I, oh. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, I think it's, there's not been, I don't think it's been many major outs. I don't think it's been, I think getting is, is Darius Smith in, I think is a brilliant addition. And I think also Andrew Bruce in the draft is a brilliant addition. So I, I think overall, I don't see much wrong with what they've done in the off season. Um, of course, one of the big ins this off season was indeed not players-wise, it was coaching-wise, with Mike Zimmer, after his long spell as head coach, came to an end, replaced him with former Rams coordinator in Kevin O'Connell. Um, what your thoughts been on that hire? I don't mind... Well, at the time when we was after a new general manager and head coach, and out of the final shortlists, those were my chosen two that I was happiest with. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, bringing part of what Sean McVay does on offense with Kevin O'Connell in is going to be amazing for Jefferson, Phelan, even KJ Osborne with three wide receiver sets. I think he'll really come to fruition this year. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy as I can be with it. Um, Donatel in as the defensive coordinator as well, changing the whole defense. I think it needs this. Like we, we took a little step forward last year in terms of, from 2020 but I think we needed a bit of change and a bit of a fresh start almost yeah I could agree more because I think I liked him I think he did a really good job especially the season when he got all the way to the NFC Championship game the year the Eagles won it Um, but I do think that had gone a bit stale I do think that the offence particularly was looking very much very predictable. You knew exactly what they were going to do and some of the play calling in that final year wasn't the best so I do think that even though you know, obviously it's a new playbook, it's a new system to get used to, I do think sometimes changes for the best. And I, I do feel that, um, you know, I, I think this is going to be a massive change to Vikings. I think having an offensive-minded coach in Kevin O'Connell, I think will help the offense massively. And that really brings me on to my next question, what's to do with Kirk Cousins? I mean, he's been a, a figure of sort of split opinion, let's say, and ridicule, you could say, on social media with a, a lot of fans mocking his lack of prime time wins and has been the constant thing of his career. His overall record as a starter is something like 59 to 59 and two. So he's, he's got that to overcome, but do you, I don't know how you feel about him going into this year with a new offensive minded coach. How are you feeling on him going into the season? Kirk Cousins reminds me of almost like a rabbit in headlights. He's fantastic most of the time, you know, he'll put up big yards, he'll throw touchdowns, he'll make unbelievable plays. But as soon as it matters almost, like last season we lost nine games, eight of them by, was by one score. And 
I think he could do better there. His pocket presence isn't the greatest as well. When there's people coming through the middle and, you know, like, he just, he crumbles when it matters. Now, whether or not it could be to do with the O-line, potentially, but, you know, um, Darasaurs took steps forward, apparently, from in camp and... It all looks promising at the moment. He has to be given another chance for me because he hasn't done that much wrong where it's like his head needs to be called for, which some Vikings fans do. But then there is problems there. Yeah, I think for me, I think there's been a lot of talk of general managers. You know, he's come out and sort of criticised him publicly. Um, so it's a big year for him in terms of his new coaching staff and new general managers, stuff like that. Looking at his stats, I mean... Last year, he had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and 4,221 yards. So actually, the stats there are actually pretty good. Considering he had 13 interceptions the year before, I do think that you know it's it's a massive improvement on that side of side of things. So I do, I think if Kirk Cousins is going to succeed, I think now is his time because it is you know he's got someone who actually is offensive minded, but obviously he didn't have that with Zimmer. And the life of me, I can't think who the coach was um, for Washington. But, yeah, I think it'll be interesting what he does now with someone who can hopefully unleash his game. But I think we'll, that'll be a wait to see sort of thing. And I do think that whilst, even if he doesn't succeed this year, it's that thing of who actually can you get in that'll be better. Because there's not many quarterbacks that are going to be out there in free agency that are better than him. And the college even though there's prospects there, you can't guarantee they're going to be a success. I mean, look at, you know, quarterback, like everyone thought Johnny Manziel would be a hit. Everyone thought Tua, he still could be good, but right now he's a question mark. So I think right now, I think he's the best you're going to get. And I, I don't think you really, it'd be wise not to go with him unless she can get someone out of the blue or someone who is just that big of a prospect. So I think it's interesting to see. I think it'd be really interesting to see how he does this season. Uh, but talking of this season, we are going to head to our final segment of the episode, which is, of course, our fan record predictor, which, as you know by now, uh, it, we give every fan who comes on the chance to predict their team's record by going through each game and answering with win, loss or tie. So the first week is against a big rival in the Green Bay Packers at home. Uh, win, loss or tie? Win. Win? OK, that's a... You know, Green Bay without Dante Adams. Loss when Green Bay Packers are mentioned. It's like <laughs> Arsenal, Tottenham, or Celtic Rangers. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's a good start. Want to know? It'll be a great start to the season. I mean, doesn't get any easier in week two uh, on the road to the Philadelphia Eagles. Win. Win. Okay. Um, week three is a home game against the Detroit Lions. Win. Okay. And then week four is the game in London uh, against New Orleans Saints at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I really hope not, but loss. Okay. Are you are you going to the game? I am, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you been to the stadium before? I've, I've never been to a live NFL game, no. Oh, wow. Okay. So first I'm going to the game. Oh, you'll absolutely love it. I mean, obviously being a team as well is going to make it a massive big day for you as well. But I think I've been to... I want to say six games now in, in London, both Tottenham and Wembley. And I think Tottenham Stadium is just incredible. I think, I think I'll see, I think they'll, they'll have, I assume, like normal, they'll have the fan meetups day before and obviously the, the day of the game. There's a pub nearby, I forget what it's called now, where 
all these fans con- conjugate before the game. So if you can make it there before the game, that'd be awesome. And um, yeah, I, 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 I think you have a great time. And I'm ho- hope you win. Hope you win. To be honest, because um, I, I don't mind the Vikings. Um, but week five is a home game against the Chicago Bears. Win. Okay. Week six. Now, careful what you say here. Uh, it's a road game against the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are a tricky one. Mm. I, I, I like them this year, but because it's on the road, I'll say loss. Okay, that's, that's a good answer. You can stay on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, week seven to buy. So week eight is a home game against the Arizona Cardinals. Loss. Okay. Uh, week nine is a road game against the Washington Commanders. Win. Okay, and then week 10 rule now is a road game against the AFC favourites, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, loss. Yeah, I think they're going to go far this year. Um, week 11 is a home game against the Dallas Cowboys. Win. And then week 12 is a home game against the New England Patriots. Win. Then week 13 is a home game against another AFC East team in the New York Jets. Win. Yeah, I think that's pretty much straightforward process. Um, week 14, a road game against Detroit Lions. I think we'll lose one against Detroit this year. Okay. They're, they're doing something. I'll say loss. Yeah, I actually think I'm, I think they're the biggest dark horse for me. I don't think they're going to make a Super Bowl, but I, you never know, you know, the NFC is definitely more wide open than the AFC. You never know. Just watch out for the lines. That's all I'm saying. Um, week 15 is a home game against the Indianapolis Colts. Loss. Okay. Uh, week 16 is another home game, this time against the New York Giants. Win. Okay. And then week 17. Once again, against the Packers, but this time on the road. Win. Win. And then finally, another division rival on the road, week 18, Soldier Field against the Bears. Yeah, win. I don't think the Bears will be very good this year. No, I, I think, personally, I think we are going to mention this in our predictor, the, the first team to get the uh, team with the first overall pick in a draft, and I think that will be the Bears. I think they're going to have a, a torrid year, an absolutely torrid year. So, as far as I know, this means that your record's going to finish with an 11-6, and six, which you would think, especially in the NFC, would get you in the playoffs. So, should that happen, and you get 11-6, you make the playoffs, how far do you think this team can go in the postseason? I mean, if it, if it all goes well, um, injuries aside... And, you know, if they all stay healthy and they all gel straight away and I can't see no reason why they won't make the championship game. Like, the players they've brought in defensively especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you look at that addition as obviously the aforementioned Darius Smith, but look at the players you've already got in the team. You know, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, you know, and obviously Dalvin Cook as a running back as well. And obviously, I think one of the best backups, in my opinion, all those underrated backups in, in Math- Matheson. So 
I, I do think that, you know, I think the Packers, well, I think for me, I think the Packers will still win the division. But I think the Vikings, you know, I think they're, as long as it goes right with the head coach, I think you guys could be a dark horse. I really do think that. I think the Saints are the same bracket for me in the NFC. Um, I do think that, you know, watch your space for the Vikings. Yeah, hopefully. I'm I'm confident this year, more more so than the last couple. And I, I really do feel, I'm not just saying it, but I, I think the Packers ain't going to have it all their own way this year. I, I If it wasn't for Rodgers, I would think definitely. But I think even though they lost Adams, I just think Rodgers find a way, whether it's Romeo Dobbs, who's got all a lot of hype going in on the, the off-season, whether it's Alan Lazard, um, finally fulfills his potential or whether, you know, it's someone else that comes out of the blue and shocks us all. Or even Robert Tonyan may get more of a more of a run in it. But um I think, you know, I same in football, you'll probably appreciate this as well. The fact that also we all like we don't like seeing Bayern win the German League every year. We don't like seeing PSG win the French League every year. So I think as a neutral, since the NFC side of things, I would like to see a different team win the division. Probably the Bears or Lions if I'm honest, but I wouldn't mind Vikings win the NFC North, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I, f- I think the Bears, yeah, they could, like you said earlier, they could be in contention for first overall. Mm. Um, I really believe the Lions push on and get a handful of wins at least. It's a bit of a work in progress there. And I really think it could be close between the Vikings and Packers this mm. year. Adams is probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Mm. And can have they replaced him? Lazard was good in flashes and mm. things like that when Adams missed, like, or played less snaps or whatever. But can they fill them cleats? Like, it's, it's a massive ask. Mm. Like you say, if Rodgers weren't there, then, yeah, you could confidently say, confidently say no, they're going to be rubbish. But, mm. yeah. He's just too good, isn't he? He's just too good. But... I do think Alan Zard is interesting because a lot of people think Juju was like this at Pittsburgh. He was really good as number two, but when he came to number one, he struggled. Whether that's down to Big Ben, I don't know. We'll see now with Mahomes how good he actually is. But I do think there's a, a massive jump between being that second guy who's basically relieving the pressure off the main guy to then, at a moment, he looks like he's the number one receiver in Green Bay. It's interesting how he'll, do, how he'll make the jump from that to being number one because you get a lot more receptions, a lot more catches, but a lot more men are going to be on you. So I think that whole situation could be interesting. I think Romeo Dobbs looks very good. I'm not going to lie. He looks very good, but he's not played, he's not played a game yet in the NFL regular season game. So yeah, in them like, games, he looks sharp. Mm, he looks, looks very good. I mean, I think the Packers seem to, to have a, as an organization, a really good sort of, they always seem to find, they've had, was it Bart Starr went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. They know, how the draft, I feel, even though they obviously took Jordan Love, but um, they seem to know what they're doing behind the scenes. So I think they seem to have found, it looks like in the off-season, albeit not played a game yet properly, he does look like a real find and he could be the steal of the draft, potentially. I do think also it could be Andrew Booth. I think Andrew Booth is one of those contenders for the steal of the draft. Him, you know, the Kobe Dean for the Eagles is one of them as well. I think that there's some potential and obviously Lewis scene we'll see what he does but it should be an exciting season nevertheless yeah 100% I mean going back to a little bit to Booth I think um, he would he probably would have been day one mm-hmm. um, 
injuries aside and things like that. And I thought at 42, I think it was absolute bargain, mm-hmm. absolute bargain. And with Patrick Peterson re-signing for this one year, I absolutely love that. Yeah, Booth could take over from Dantzler, if not next year. He's had a year, do you know what I mean, to learn behind Patrick Peterson, who's fantastic. I don't think we re-sign him next season. But, yeah, I, I really like um, the prospect. Yeah, me too. And I do, I'm, I'm a big advocate of players sitting for a year, particularly quarterbacks. But I think also... As you say, he's gonna. If he doesn't play, or he does play, he maybe lights out straight away. If he doesn't play, and is sort of behind Peterson for that one year, I think there's not many court, not many defensive backs you want to be learning from more than Patrick Peterson. He's just one of the modern day greats in that position, and I think that he will learn a lot from him in that year. I think Patrick Peterson is fully aware that his career is coming to an end. He's not gonna, you know, be bitter like um, who was it? The player that was bitter, he's the callback who was bitter about his job. Um, but anyway, so he's not—he's not going to be that kind of player who's going to be better saying I'm not going to teach you because I want to keep my job. I think he's fully aware that he's got one year left for his career, and I think he'll be a great person to sort of you know. Because I, I, unless I'm wrong, I don't really hear much about him doing wrong off the field as well, Patrick Peterson. So I think have a model professional like him coming in, great professional all these years. Obviously, being an NFL great, I, I think that um, that will help Andrew Booth and Lewis Seen going forward, both of them at defensive back position. Yeah, 100%. I believe it was Ryan Tannehill you were talking about. That's it, Ryan Tannehill. That's the one, yeah, Ryan Tannehill. Um, I was thinking Jared Goff. I think he he could be scared at Mm. the talent of Willis coming in. Yeah. I mean, again, it's preseason, but he looks really good. I mean, I watched brief bits of him in his first game. Was it against the Giants? I can't think he was against now. But then also the game he played last week, and he he looks really good. And I think Tannehill knows full well himself what it's like for a player to take over someone's job mid-season. I think that Tannehill had a lot of people against him after that Bengals game. I do think that he's in trouble because I think Malik Willis looks like basically the Mar Jackson, just more muscly, basically, from what I've seen in in, um, <laughs> in those first two games. So, But I do think at the same time, Malik Willis, again, will do a lot better if he actually sits for a year because I, know, I can't think of many quarterbacks that have actually gone in their first year and done well. I mean, Tom Brady was second or third year for his first season. Mahomes, Rogers, not sure on Brett Favre, but there's so many quarterbacks of the great quarterbacks. I can't think of many that started straight away. Maybe Joe Montana in the past, but it's something about learning. I think the player just needs a year just to get used to the system, get used to the playbook and get used to NFL life. I think it was the plan for Justin Herbert as well. If it weren't for Tyrod getting hurt and mm-hmm. breaking his ribs or whatever, he would have missed most of the first season. I reckon Herbert maybe coming towards the end. Mm-hmm. I think it was, what was it, week six he started? I think it was week, was it week two, honestly? It was really early on. I think it was really early on. And he... I knew it was early, but um, yeah, and he just hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Could Willis do that? Yes. Could Ridder do that? Yes. It's less likely, maybe. Mm. And like you say, with sitting for a year, I, I do like that as well. Yeah, I'm I'm all for that myself. A little bit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it, it doesn't help them. They got a long career ahead of them. They don't need to be rushed in their first year. And look at Joe Burrow. I know he's come back and done well, but he could have easily had that injury and not come back to play. That could have really affected his career, that injury he got. And he's lucky that, you know, he came in, you know, came back straight away. Obviously got the high traffic because of his injury, got Jamar Chase. But most of the times, you know, look at Robert Griffin III, played his first year, injuries affected his whole career. So 
I think it's going to be interesting what happens to Malik Willis. And of course, you know, Kirk Cousins, but I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. Definitely. But that has been the conclusion of our Minnesota Vikings season preview. So thank you once again, Lewis, for coming on. Um, how can people find you online on social media? Yeah, so on Twitter, it's at Elvines1. And um, I have my own blog as well, elvines1.substack.com. Um, during the season, there'll be weekly articles. It's been a bit slow the last month or so. But um, yeah, that's me. Great, sir. So obviously we'll put your social details on our post when the when podca- podcast comes out. But obviously we will um, put that in a tweet. So um, yeah, if, if you do follow us on Twitter, keep an eye out for that tweet and you, that's where you can find all the Lewis's work. So yeah, thank you, Lewis, for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure, mate. It's been been fun. No problem at all. And we'll look forward to speaking to you soon during the season. In the meantime, there has been the Eurotrips Across the Pod NFL podcast and we will see you guys for our next season preview.